0: Together For war of the great day of God, the Almighty. Behold, I am like a thief. I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his garments, lest he walk about naked and men see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place, which in Hebrew is called har Magedon. Okay, this... First, we'll go right back to 12 about the great river, the Euphrates. Interesting term. You know, it's called the great river in other passages as well throughout Scripture. We're not going to go to all of them, but I do want to point to a few things about that. Well, one, the Euphrates is the longest and most significant river in the Middle East. It flows from the slopes of Ararat in modern-day Turkey, 1,800 miles to the Persian Gulf. Does that Ararat ring a bell? Okay. Mount Ararat? Noah and his ark settled up in there? Okay. Remember with the earthquakes going on over there, maybe shake a few things loose. and maybe another. Somebody may get another vision of it, or, or not a vision, but a sighting of it. <laughs> vision, stop that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, the Euphrates dates all the way back to the Garden of Eden, okay? I'm quite confident it didn't have the same path of travel necessarily, in terms of the exactness of it as we see today, because after, between the Garden of Evil and modern times had this little thing called the flood, and that tends to change geography a little bit, but it does, the Garden of Eden and the whole description does put it right in that exact same area, that same part of the world, okay? Now it was also the eastern boundary of the land promised in the Abrahamic Covenant. You can read about that in—we're not going to turn to all these—but Genesis fifteen, Deuteronomy one seven, eleven twenty-four, Joshua one four. I mean, it's—it's it's there. It's always there. And this is an important one too. The Battle of Carchemish took place along this river. You can read about that. Second Chronicles thirty-five twenty. That say, so what's what's that? Well, that was the big battle where. Babylon, knocked off Syria, okay and then on the way back from that battle, stopped by Jerusalem and took captives one of those captives was our good friend Daniel, that we've visited his book quite a bit in this study, so, and then there's a lot of other, and just throughout regular human history, there's been battles after battles after battles, I mean there was you know, uh, during the um, oh I just lost the term the uh it's a, the Maccabees. During the era of the Maccabees, there were battles in there and uh so forth. So it's it's been in history and involved and it's gonna be involved again. And it's water dried up, that the way might be prepared for the kings of the east. Now again, last time we we looked last week we looked and we saw all these bold judgments and fresh water system was polluted and everything it dried well, this one now we see that this river anyway it's all dried up there's nothing in it dried up so that the army let's look at revelation 9 and i think this is this must be the army that we're talking about here that scripture is talking about now 9:12 through 21 and now we're in the uh, We're back in the trumpets. And it says, Now the first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, one saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month of the year were released so that they might kill a third of mankind. See, that was a different, this is not the one that's upcoming. This is one that's already passed. So that army in its movement west uh, is going to be responsible for knocking off a third of the population of mankind. That's, of course, you look at the east. There's a whole lot of people in the East. You know, in the East, you know, think China, think India. We're talking billions of people in those, in those two countries alone, okay, not to mention all the other little countries in that area. So it's not, uh, see, this is why, I'll pause a little bit. This is why, over the years, so many people had such a big problem trying to interpret Revelation literally. They, they just couldn't fathom this kind of stuff happening. they they just couldn't Um, and things happening so fast also Um, and things like the whole world will see when Christ comes how the whole world see and and the whole world watching the two witnesses being (laughs) risen back to life and pulled up into heaven okay well we know how the whole world can see it don't we now satellite television (laughs) you know internet all that stuff uh, and then who knows what the technology is going to be by the time this rolls around? So, again, now. I have a question. Yes. So, this uh, Revelation nine twelve has this already happened? With the r- river being dried up, with the battle of Canaan. No. Uh, this here, this is a separate judgment. This is a judgment that took place prior to the bowl judgments we had these seven seals opened up, then the, the seventh seal opened up and the trumpet started, and then the trumpets blast, and then after the trumpets judgments, then we come to the bowl judgments, and which we're in now. And now uh, looking back on this, this present bowl judgment we're looking at, the Euphrates River's dried up, so the kings of the east can easily cross over and keep moving west I believe it's this army right here that's been was mobilized sometime before the time we don't know was it months was a year I don't know I don't know okay but this whole event is going to take place and and two the bowl judgments come in rapid fire succession and um it looks now this sixth bowl okay the all these things happen, now the river's dried up, the Euphrates River's dried up, and there's gonna be a certain amount of time for that army to keep moving cross the Euphrates River and then move into the area of Palestine, which is not far away, so it's not gonna take forever. And again, we don't know how this army is actually moving. See what I'm saying? We're We're, we're talking relatively few miles as we travel. Okay, so a couple of days, that army can start moving in. So we're not talking a long time, because remember in our discussion, when you lose fresh water and basically your food sources are extremely limited, you know, people are going to be dying of that. uh, But it's still, you know, there's, uh, again, think of what we have today, people with bottles of water in their basement, some people, People are going to be surviving for a little bit longer because they have these things. There's no resupply coming up because these the uh, sources for all this are polluted, so it's only what stock people have laid away on in hand say so if you're unrepentant and may wind up in the in the tribulation period, store water. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I stopped at 16. Oh, well, you meant to start. Yes, I did. I yeah. I had no illusions of going any further today. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I find it interesting that the Euphrates right now is drying up. Uh-huh. And, and you've got, like, that before you were saying that folks couldn't fathom how you dry up the Euphrates. Well, God's already doing it, He's setting it up so that when it comes time, thing. You yeah. see the for them, the rest of it, just go away. Yeah, and I, and I look at it this way, too. I mean, the God that parted the Red Sea so is. that so that the children of Israel could walk across on dry land. Yeah. I mean, drying up a river is a piece of cake. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is, there's nothing to that. I mean, he's already doing it. He's already that, that could be, it could you know, be. I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, look at the time is near. Yeah. Right? Could be, yeah. could be. Yeah. Could be. You know, I'm... Well, you know, the Scripture discusses his coming as being imminent. I mean, that he presents it that way. But then again, his view of time is, you know, days like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. So people say, why why is he taking so long? Well, look at it, his time, he's only been gone a couple of days. <laughs> Did I see somebody here? by these three plays, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone and it came out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why she would ask that question because it seems like if you're talking about this army being held back by the Euphrates till it dies up, but then this states that a third of mankind is killed. Is that looking forward to what you're reading no. in that's that's what they will accomplish but by the time they mind. get to their end destination. Well but then they're held back by the somehow <clears throat> I don't think they're being held back. I think it's a war. It's a war going on. Uh, we, we call it the Battle of Armageddon is one battle in the big worldwide conflict that's going on. And you've got this army from the east, and we don't know how far east they're actually coming from. Okay? I'm thinking, it's, when you're talking these kinds of numbers, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of China, India maybe even Japan, Korea, all those eastern nations. See, Palestine, Iraq, Iran, that we're used to, that's the Middle East, okay? The, the language here says this is an army from the what we would call the Far East. And, and in their progression coming through, and it talks about smoke, brimstone, we're talking about munitions of some sort, <laughs> okay, we don't know what kind. Uh, I, I'm thinking in terms of modern day. Plus, they're going to have these things. I don't. See, I mean, uh, prior to gunpowder, what did the people think this was? I don't know. They used to use those. Remember those, burning oil, and they they catapult them. <laughs> you know. So, um, but you're thinking in our day and age, that's not unreasonable. Knocking off a, a third of the population of the earth with modern munitions. To me, it's no problem. And again, part of their army, because the army was 200 million strong to start with. So you figure not everybody they walk by is going to lay down for them, so they're going to lose probably a couple of million troops themselves. So anyway, there's a lot of people are going to die as a result of this army moving westward. See, that's the point. And then, as they're coming, now when we get to the... Bold judgments here the lord dries up the river so as they're marching they come right on across with with no hindrance they don't have to forge a river they don't have to build special bridges they just walk right across i mean we have a huge army that size so you don't have to funnel down and find bridges you just just roll them right on through say and that, that's kind of the picture here. So they just keep moving. That, that army does not stopped. It's, it just keeps rolling on through. That's how I see it okay, in my study. And again, for sure, how is it? Remains to be seen. But it's just the way things are worded. That's how I kind of see it. This army's been coming. People are dying because of this army in the battle. And again, you've got to feed an army. So they're going to be pillaging and all kinds of, you know, it it just makes sense. It just you can just see how a, a a huge army like that is going to kill a lot of people. And it's not uh it's not hard for me to accept that or believe it at all. Okay, now where do I leave off? Okay. And the number well, verse 16 of chapter 9 and the number of these armies and ho- of the horsemen was 200 million. All right. It's interesting. I, it's almost like it's almost like a double take. Like two hundred million, and he goes, "I heard the number of them. I mean, this is. I'm, I'm not making this up. It's two hundred million. That's a huge army. That's bigger than anything that mankind has ever seen at that point, at the time of this writing. So, um, and I remember years ago um, when they they were talking about the army of Red China alone claimed to have that many people when they talk about their military, their reserves, and everybody else. You figure in in a communist country, you know, here's a rifle. You're now in the army. Let's go. So, again, that's an easy number to rationalize. There's no, there's no, no problem getting it. I mean, it could be China on its own could field an army that big. India on its own could field an army that big. They've got the population to do it. Okay? So... And it could be somebody like India, as they come marching through, start taking a whole bunch of lives as they start marching through India. I mean, so I mean, just you just look at the geography, and the, and these kind of numbers are not hard to imagine at all. Okay, just based on today's populations, and again, that is no guarantee of what the population is going to be like by the time this rolls around, because we have no real idea when it's going to roll around. It could be, you know. Seven years from now? It could be 70 years from now? Could even be 700, although I doubt it. <laughs> okay? But it could be. I mean, God can throw this thing into a holding pattern. Anytime. Like one guy, one theologian that I was listening to said, wouldn't it be funny if we look back in, you know, when it's all said and done, you look back in history and you find out that actually we are part of the primitive church who knows <laughs> we just don't for sure we don't know we we have not made it through all of human history yet that then we'll know how you know where everybody fits in the historical scheme of things anyway okay and again i'm going to i'm going to go f- jump to verse 20 of 9 and keep this thing moving and again, just like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm still in 9, verse 20, about this first one, because I want to bring this out, because nothing changes as we come through, and the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, and they're calling the, what the army throws out their plagues, um, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, as, as not to worship demons interesting worship demons demon worship is going to be involved in this time period and idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone we know that the uh, there's a statue of the antichrist that they're told to worship so that's there if nothing else which can neither, would, can neither see nor walk hear nor walk and they did not repent of their murderers nor of their sorceries nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. On top of everything else, they're common thieves. <laughs> I mean, you know, that word sorceries, interesting word. It's the word pharmakeia, from which we get our word pharmacy. And um, so often that the, in, throughout history, throughout human history, the use of drugs was often involved in witchcraft and various types of sorcery. So, not unlike today, okay? Not unlike today. And I'll tell you, there's one thing that I've seen just in my lifetime with folks that get hooked on drugs. I'll tell you, it somebody that's addicted to drugs, in my opinion, it's the closest thing to demon possession you may witness. You talk about something that just controls a person. It's 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 sad. It's terribly, terribly sad. It, again, the equation of drugs and sorcery is valid. Okay. Now, back to 16. The armies of the East, or the Earth, excuse me, Gathered to Armageddon, verses 13 through 16. Verse 13: I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. Now, if that isn't a pretty picture, (laughs) unclean spirits like frogs, and who are these things? Well, verse 14: like you imagine, they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. God's bringing them to a place of judgment, okay? And he's allowing, he's using demonic forces to do it. They like You'd you like to follow demons? Well, follow these, okay? And they're, they're going to follow them to their demise. Now, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. This is one of the reasons we go back now to chapter 12, <clears throat> where we were first introduced to these people and by name, okay? So again, that's why uh, these little uh, parenthesis chapters which introduce us to the, the, some of the main characters in this book of Revelation is important. Like Revelation 12, 3 and 4, you've got, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour the child. Okay, we can't go back and revisit all this, but we move down where the dragon is spoken of again in verse 7 of chapter 12. And it says, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon and the dragon and his angels waged war. That's interesting all by itself. And they were not strong enough and there was no longer place found found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down the serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan. So again, right there takes away any doubt as to who this dragon is. I mean, there wouldn't really be from reading the verse, but to clarify the situation, I'm just going to let you. put a name on them, called the devil and Satan. That uh, kind of cinches it, wouldn't you say? And then, and they give praise to God. I'm going to move forward here, and um, in verse 17, it's all the way to 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. The woman represented Israel. Okay. In, the, uh, in chapter 12 and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring and very specifically who which offspring are we talking about? Offspring who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's very insightful for a couple of reasons. One, those that say in our day and age God is through with Israel. No, he's not. This is a. This book was written at the very end of the first century, okay. When Israel was supposed to have been long replaced, right? 780. That's it. They're gone. No more. Not well. This thing was written around 95, plus or minus a few years. And um, <clears throat> I love what it says. We're talking about the dragon with the woman, who, without a doubt, represents Israel. The only other interpretation for woman is that by the Catholic Church saying it was Mary. No. no. (laughs) And and Mary's thankful of that too. And went off to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. That is very, of Jesus. These are Jewish people that accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. That does not speak of a nation that's put out the pasture and forgotten not even put out the pasture, just done away with, no that's why, again that 70th week of Daniel is this tribulation period that's that point in time where God returns and calls Israel back onto the playing field, if you will use a sporting analogy, Super Bowl Sunday and everything (laughs) you know, And, and Israel's back in the game, church has been raptured away Israel once again takes the field. Alright? So, and there they are. And and they will again, because they hold to the testimony. I love that. They hold to the testimony of Jesus. I mean, can it be more clear? Can it be more clear? All right. Uh, now, and then the beast, which is the Antichrist, the false prophet, which is the uh second beast of Revelation 13. We won't turn there. And then those three unclean spirits like frogs, you know, again, we already saw in verse 14, they're demons. Now, in verse 14 of Revelation 16, the, um, the nations were gathered together for war. Now, these nations, again, it's talking about kings. Now, remember, the beast, while he had a worldwide empire and a worldwide influence, he was not the only leader out there. Remember, his whole thing was a ten-nation confederacy. He was the top of the pile. There's other nations out there as well, okay, that are out there, and so. But he is like the kingpin of the earth at that point in time. But that, but he's not the only one. And Scripture makes that clear. Like, like in these passages, is one, okay. He has he had a worldwide empire with worldwide influence, and as far as the world goes, he was the ruler, the nation, to be reckoned with. But then again, uh, and there's other passages, and we, we'll probably get there sooner or later, that talk about, uh, well, like in Daniel, you know, uh, talking about, using Antichrist, he heard rumors from the north that troubled him, and rumors from the south that troubled him, and here and there that troubled him. Yeah. See, after a while, his uh, his nation actually started coming unglued. Okay? And uh, people are saying, yeah, this guy's... Uh, not getting it done anymore, you know what I mean, and so they just phase it, they just move away from him, but again, so just don't worry about the fact that there's kings, and uh, that's why it, you know, just, that's why Revelation is a difficult book to understand, because there's a lot of stuff going on here, some of it all at the same time, some of it in consecutive order, and sometimes it's difficult to see what what are we actually reading in any given verse, so I hope that helps but the demons performing signs demons performing signs signs again um, signs that deceive this is, again I think of today where people supposedly are miracle workers with signs you no know, you no know. signs have been used and again Demons performing signs. Just let that sink in, and I'll just leave it there. Just know that that happens, and can happen, will happen. And um, but we know from Scripture that we are given a more sure word, aren't we? Okay. And he'll, he'll and go out to the kings of the whole world and gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. That's another term there's a lot of terms like the day of the Lord and here's another one the uh, great day of God the almighty this is this is judgment time this is it when when uh, when Christ comes back and finishes it off okay but all this stuff leading up to it is part of that judgment and the 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 culmination of that is when Christ himself comes back and that's the final blow now let's look at Joel chapter 3 we've seen this one before but you, but when we let's read this one, and then in light of what we've already read and seen through the weeks uh, coming up to this, this morning, Joel 3, 1 and 2, for behold, in those days, speaking of the end times, and at that time, okay, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. So we'll be back in this verse too, because what's coming on the heels of the second coming is the restoration of israel okay i will restore the fortunes of judah and jerusalem i will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of jehoshaphat then i will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of, on behalf of my people and my inheritance israel whom they have scattered among the nations and they have divided up and they have divided up my land. Okay, again, guess what happened? You know, even from uh, Joel's time, Joel was one of the earlier minor prophets, many Bible scholars believe. Even beyond that time, we can go back, not so far, we can go back to 70 AD, when the great dispersion happened, right? And, you know, they, they just scattered them all over the world. They just literally... They just scattered Jews just all over the world, and um, but we know back in the post World War II era, you know where a lot of them started migrating back, and you know they made movies about that and so forth. And uh, in, in, I think it was in 1948 they were recognized as a nation, and not, thankfully the U.S. was the first one to do so. I'm I'm happy for that anyway. Um, we've done. Many things right, actually, as a nation. But anyway, uh, three: twelve in Joel, let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all all the surrounding nations, and it goes on to say, "Put a sickle, put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Does that sound familiar, we've seen that already. Come, tread the wine, come and tread for the wine press is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Again, that same uh, verbiage of the, 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 the analogy of the wine press is squashing of grapes and the spreading of the blood. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, it's consistent through Scripture. And then look at um, verse 14 Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I mean, way back in Joel. Looking forward to a time past us. Again, for the day of the Lord is near the valley of decision. Again, imminence. the imminent return, imminent return. Why? I'm, I'm confident for this very reason. Why? Because he wants all of his people, especially, to be ready. To be ready. Have your wits about you. Be aware of what's going on. Okay? And it's a warning to the rejectors of the truth. You better beware. You better listen up to what's going on and what you hear. Because there's a time when, bang, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. In verse 15, the sun and the moon grow dark, the stars lose their brightness, and the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth tremble. The Lord, but, here again, but, the Lord is a refuge for his people and a stronghold to the sons of Israel. Then you, then, you will know that I am the Lord your God, okay? <clears throat> Dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, so Jerusalem will be holy, and strangers will pass through it no more, okay? that I guarantee you that's a time in the future. That has never been the case, <laughs> okay? That is never, even in the best of times, that has never been the case. They have always had to fight somebody, okay? Is that, uh, Israel's most conquered nation of all time. I'll tell you it there's been battles I mean it's right on the look at it's on the east bank of the Mediterranean and where all the big the dominant powers are on both sides you've got the European powers and you've got the, the eastern the eastern powers and it's just back and forth back and forth back when Syria and Babylon where they go they, they fight in Palestine have their battles I mean it's just they're all over the place and they're just there and then Egypt coming up others coming down I mean they're right there that's that's the path, north and south. And it's the path of the eastern nations to the Mediterranean. I mean, it's just they're right in the they're right in the they're just in the way. <laughs> <laughs> in the they're, they are, they're, they're right there. I mean uh <clears throat> and it's and it's and that's why God kept through his prophets kept warning them, you know, you better stay faithful to me or you're gonna get it. I mean you're just you're right there. If there was ever a nation that was that was set up to be stomped on by other nations. It's Israel. <laughs> I mean, they're right in the path of everybody. I mean, gee whiz, <laughs> you know, or gee Willikers, as they used to say. And then uh, Zechariah <clears throat> fourteen, and we'll be in Zechariah, and then you hit Malachi, and if you miss Malachi, you'll be in Matthew. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to be helpful <laughs> 14 1 through 4 of Zechariah behold a day is coming for the Lord when, he, when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you for I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city will be captured the houses plundered the women ravaged and half of the city exiled but the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. And when he fights on a day, on a day of battle, and in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley, so that half of the mountain will be moved toward the north, the other half toward the south. That's quite a divide. Now... It's part of the major war. It's part of that. Armageddon is, yes, and it's huge. Armageddon. When you look at that valley, Armageddon. It's not limited to that little valley of Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon. Hang on a minute, because we're actually going that direction. We're actually going that direction because you're reading. Wait, wait a minute. You know, Armageddon's here, and what about? Well, why is why is he going? Why are they going into Jerusalem? What's all that? It's a huge battle. Okay, now I'm going to skip verse fifteen. I actually may come back to that. You know, actually, maybe even at a later date. Let's run to sixteen because that's it. Like a, and we're back in uh, Revelation sixteen now. Revelation sixteen fifteen, and then that's where I I pass, and now I'm in sixteen sixteen because about all the time we have for them. I may do a, a special on that one. Now, and they get... See, so again, let me just read the parentheses. It'll make sense. I'll start at the end of verse 14. Gather them together for, for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. And then, parentheses. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his garments, lest he walks about naked... And men see his shame. It's like that is a sign of the you know. That's a sign of uh, extreme embarrassment. Okay, I mean, you know, that's you know, you know, the, the statement the king has no clothes. That one, it's kind of like that, to where a person is seen for who they really are, and in this sense, not good. This is this is not a good thing. Okay, and so, but behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his garments. Okay, that's that would be a believer. Lest he walk about naked and men see his shame. So you're, you're talking about two different people. you got the saints and the aints again. Okay, here they are. Um, so no. Those that are clothed in garments are those that are clothed in Jesus. Right. Okay. Yeah, they would be the believers. They are not put out to shame, in other words. They, they keep they keep their clothes on. Okay. Yeah. Back then, being a streaker was not something to brag about. Okay. <laughs> Verse 16 of Revelation 16. And they gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Harmageddon. Now, Harmageddon literally means Mount of Megiddo, commonly referred to in English as Armageddon. Okay? Now, there's a little bit of a problem here, but not big, just little. There's no specific mountain by that name. Other than that, no biggie. Most likely. <laughs> Most likely it refers to the hill country Surrounding the plain of Megiddo Okay And so Which is located 60 miles north of Jerusalem So we're talking The place we call Armageddon Is actually 60 miles north Of the city of Jerusalem That's a large valley You know So Now The plain of Megiddo And the nearby plain of Ezralon, which is right next door, which is also called the Valley of Jezreel. Okay? And there's references to that. They're all involved in this war. You've got, if you go 60 miles north of Jerusalem, you've got the plain of Megiddo, the plain of Ezral, or the the Valley of Jezreel. They're almost, they're very close to each other. You just kind of walk from one to the other. These things are being loaded with Various armies coming in. But that's not all. Okay. Now, a little bit of a note here. Over 200 battles have been fought in this region throughout history. Okay. And I just gave you a few from Scripture. Deborah and Barak's defeat of the Canaanites, Judges 4 and 5. Gideon's victory over the Midianites, Judges 7. And then Josiah, defeated and killed by Pharaoh Necho's army, in Second Chronicles 35:22, so it's an active spot. Again, you're traveling; as you're traveling from Jerusalem north, you're going to go right through there. Okay. Now, other locations involved in this final battle, or really war, we just read one in Joel: the Valley of Jehoshaphat. I, for a while there, mistakenly thought, "Well, that's just another name for Megiddo, right?" Nope. <laughs> the Valley of Jehoshaphat actually lies just to the east of Jerusalem. Okay? And so, hm. But then when we read, remember we read in Joel uh, and Jerusalem and also in Zechariah? Jerusalem is seen as the center of the conflict. Hmm. Let's look at Zechariah again. Zechariah 12. If you hit, hit, yeah, I forgot it was there again. Oh, if it's easy, just back up through Matthew and Malachi, and you, you're you right in the neighborhood. Okay. Zechariah 12.1, it says, the, the burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Thus declares the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. I love this. When there's something really important, God says, Hey, this is God speaking. You know, the one that created everything? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know... Uh, behold, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes uh, reeling to the to all the peoples around it, and when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah, and will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the people. All who lift it will be severely injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. I won't read it all, but you can keep reading it all the way through 11. It's just, it tells you about the whole things, And well, and verse 10 is in there. which says, I will pour out on the house of David and the house of the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. Again, because Israel is being called back into that right place and they're going to have their kingdom. And it says, so they will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. And they will weep. That's all speaking of in that day, Israel, their mourning is a mourning of repentance, not because they're being judged. Okay, it's a morning they will, they will come to that place of repentance and you know what song they will sing Isaiah 53 read Isaiah 53 that's when they said who has believed our report they've now got it they now got it and I believe Isaiah 53 will be a key preaching point for the 144,000 among others Amen. It's it's going to be because it's all coming up and then again uh, one last look at Revelation 14.20, and we'll end there. One that, you know, you have a verse and there's so much going on, you kind of maybe miss one. This is one that could easily be looked over, but the the area of this battle has to conform with the rest of Scripture. So look at 14.20. And the wine press was trodden outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for a distance of 200 miles. The plain of Megiddo is 60 miles north. Okay? And you got things going... <coughs> Valley of Jehoshaphat is to the east of Jerusalem. So by the time you take all this land, you could have a 200-mile section. And with blood up to the... Horses bridles. Now, what are we talking about? a, a how many hands are these horses? Are we talking little ponies? Are we talking Morgans? What are we talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, if if it's a little burrow, it's a lot of blood. I mean, let's face it. So, but again, that's that's the scene. And like I say, I will come back at a different time and do. Yep. Yeah when you least expect it. <laughs> I, I had a... I, I, yeah, I think I will. I, I was looking for... Anyway, I don't want to spill the beans as they say. But Let's close with our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for its truth. And thank you, Lord, that our salvation does not depend on fully understanding this book. But we do understand this much, Lord, that you are the one in charge and you deserve all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. You're welcome, sir. Good morning. morning. Are you ready?